Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We're getting stupid and feeling proud. We're gonna make, make a lot of noise. Turn the music loud. Hands up for them real ones, them good girls and them bill bugs. Everybody and welcome back to the Bill Buds Popcast. I am Course. I am Course. I <laughs> am Course. And with me as always, my co-course. <laughs> Lord Almighty. I'm JPC with me as always, my co-course. Now I have to say it every episode. Johnny it's O'Mara. The law. It's the law. Johnny, welcome to July. We did it. Fourth of July observed today. <laughs> wow, yeah. I have I have I am not working today. I have off work today. Johnny, I well, I don't know. I, will I stream? I, I'll probably be streaming. Who knows? I don't. Hey, let us know right into the show. Did I stream today? <laughs> <laughs> and oh. uh, if you see me in the office, tell me to go home. Johnny, we're next deep in the balls of summer. It's really, we're living a hot one. We're living our best lives. I got to ask, how's it going? Pretty good, you know? Pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to hop on my first plane in like a, uh, a year and a half, two years. Now you've been taking trips, but you've been, you've been a little driving boy, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. We just drove, we just drove over to Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons and the Rocky big Mountains. Drive. And it was, it Huge was a big drive. drive. Yeah. Our little car did not care for those mountains. I'll tell you that. Now, Johnny, uh, a little later in the summer, I am going to be getting on a plane. And I did get on a plane when I um, went and proposed to Mariah down to Florida, because I don't know how you drive down to Florida. That would be a nightmare to me. Uh, but uh, where are you going? Where, you're getting on a, a fly fly. I'm, go- I'm going to the, the Big Apple, New York City. New York City. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, uh, the artist that we are covering today has maybe some thoughts on New York City, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, that's not a long flight, though. Chicago to New York City, not a long flight. You got to mask No, it's up like 15 minutes. It's like 15 minutes. They put you on a, what, what do they call them, a puddle jumper, you know, a 15-seat airplane. What's the smallest plane you've ever been on? Um, I was on a very small plane uh, that was, I don't know, maybe 30 people or 40 people on this plane in Hawaii um, between islands. And I think that that's pretty common now. They don't do boats in between islands, I think, because something about the wake and the reefs or something like that. So it has to be planes. That can't be good for the Oh, so uh, I can't go to Hawaii then. Or I go to Hawaii and I stay wherever I end up. Yeah, exactly. You can you can go to Honolulu probably. But if you're trying to get to like another little island or whatever, yeah. Did it have propellers or like jet engines? Uh, it must have had jet engines. I don't think it had propellers. It wasn't like one of those boats with the like water skis on it. Because so we it was small Can- and you could feel it. We went to Canada a few years ago, and we had we we flew to Toronto, then drove to um, Montreal, and then Quebec City, and flew back from Quebec City. Got it. And one of the options there's like some airline there that they just only have tiny propeller planes and one of the options was that airline from quebec city to chicago and we have a friend uh who is canadian and when she goes back that's like the airline that she flies and we we said absolutely not we're gonna not do that and we took a plane that was bigger let me ask you a question johnny are the tickets 
like way cheaper to fly on one of those tiny planes? I don't remember because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They could have been free I, and I, remember, I wouldn't have done it. I remember when I was, um, uh, there was a, a point where the, one of the reasons why I went to Hawaii was because my mom moved there uh, when I was in college. And there was a point when I was going out to drive her car out to California so that it could be shipped. From Hawaii? To Hawaii. Oh, okay. No, from from Indiana. And I was looking at uh, ways back. I was just driving the car out to LA, putting it on a ship, and then and getting back. And I was looking at ways to get back. And I was like, oh, Amtrak. I've never taken Amtrak. I've never been on a train. Wouldn't it be fun to be on a train? So I looked it up. And of course, it's like, yeah, Amtrak. It's like 89 hours on a train. Um, and the tickets are as expensive as a plane. And I was like, who is this for? <laughs> who is this for? Like, is it for? It's, it must be for people who are so deathly afraid of flying. I'm like... It was maybe a little bit cheaper, but I'm like, not, <laughs> not, 89 not four hours days cheaper. cheaper. <laughs> like, it was wild. There are a couple train lines that I would love. There's like the, whatever, the Zephyr or whatever. I would love to take that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think if you take the train, you have to just say part of the trip is the train. And, and like, that's it. Yeah. And it's for like train perverts out there that are fine with like part of the trip, the part of the trip being the train. But for me, I was like, I got a job and I got shit to do. I can't waste four days on a train. I have a friend who's, uh, um, you know him too, but I, w- I won't say his name. Good. Um, Cause he's a train pervert. Yeah. Well, Perfect. he's, he's a, an engineer, not a, not a drive the choo choo engineer, but like a whatever sure, yeah, design like a the regular. tracks engineer. And he he talks about the train perverts all the time, and they call them foamers. Foamers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I have another friend who is a foamer, really loves trains. I think he's he, like ironically a foamer, but I, I learned that say, term from him. Eventually, you tip over, and then you're just, it's not ironic anymore. I think what started it for him was watching YouTube videos of foamers, and I remember one that he showed us of just, I mean, the guy was so fucking excited at this train that he was seeing, and it was like, a train on some dirty tracks. It was, it couldn't have been less impressive, but this guy was going fucking crazy for it. So we I get it. To, I get the appeal. We used to live like up w- way north. So I, I was at the Howard stop a lot, which is the last stop yep, on last the red stop. line. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you know, every now and then the CTA would be like, hey, we're going to put some like old ass 70s train on the tracks for fun because it's 70s day or whatever. <laughs> and I'd be like getting off to go to the gym or whatever out, up there. And I would see dudes like dressed in overalls, like snapping pictures of these like shitty old trains just being like, that's the business, man. Here's my fucking train. I feel like if you're going to, you know what? No shame to anyone in the former community who is out there <laughs> listening and, and just... Do they- Call themselves foamers? Do you think? I think the guy in the video did. Weird. I, I, well, I, I don't know. If they don't call themselves foamers, then no one should call them that. That's not a, if it's not a name that they like, then don't call them that, please. But if you're in the train enthusiast community, here's my gripe: don't like old trains. Like new trains. The new trains are so much better. And it's a shame that we're not making it. Our whole society could be carved out with trains, and we could be using trains instead of cars, and we're not. And that's a shame. We went on, we were in Japan and then China in the same trip. I went on the fastest fucking trains imaginable. Oh it was unreal. It was unreal. Oh, I love that. Love, that's heavy industry. That's what we should have. We went, we went basically the whole length of Japan in like three or four hours. It was crazy. <sighs> well, Johnny, speaking of crazy, occasionally uh, our crazy fans, uh, no, hold on. We, <laughs> we can't do that. Our fans write into our show, Johnny, and they... 
they have stuff that they want to tell us. And sometimes it's like they want to tell us about new music. Sometimes they want to tell us about uh, have a conversation with things that we talked about in the episode. And we here at the Bill Buds Pod love it when you guys reach out. So in honor of that, I want to do a new segment on the show today, Johnny, which is our listener mailbag. Okay. So I'm going to read an email. Uh, and this is from a listener. Uh, we'll just say Amanda. Amanda says, hey, guys, big fan of the show. And I love that y'all are Swift-ish. I just finished the Sour episode, and there was just so much I wanted to say, re Taylor and Olivia. So if you haven't heard that episode of our show, um, there's not that many episodes of our show, so you could go back and listen. <laughs> Amanda writes, Olivia's song, One Step Forward and Three Steps Back, is an interpolation of Taylor's song, New Year's Day. This is the first time that she's let anyone sample slash use one of her songs. Olivia basically used the music uh, Taylor and Jack Antonoff composed, but wrote her own lyrics. Johnny, I went back and listened to New Year's Day from Reputation, and yeah, it's the music. It is. It's one step forward, three steps back. Yeah. Well, fuck. I. Fuck. That's crazy. Olivia is a massive Swifty, and Taylor has taken her under her wing. Olivia got the cardigan from Taylor uh, when Taylor's Folklore came out. And when Driver's License came out, Taylor sent Olivia a ring she wrote uh, while writing the Red Album with a long handwritten note. Uh, I'm sorry, a ring she wore while writing the Red Album. Uh, Taylor enlisted Olivia to help her promote Fearless, Taylor's version, on TikTok. Wow. Yeah, so uh, I think Amanda is also Swiftish, uh, but Amanda again says, love the show, love you guys, cannot wait to hear y'all review a boy b- band, Backstreet Boys preferred, but definitely not picky. <sighs> that... First of all, thank you. Thank you so much, Amanda. I've, I've been. There are a few groups that I, I I think we both sort of agonize over doing because they feel so big. And I mean, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, like all of those like big '90s artists, feel like they like loom over us. Uh, You know, and it's at the clip when we put out two episodes uh, a month, plus you know the episodes of the Patreon where we cannot cover things like the Backstreet Boys. It just feels like we have to be so intentional. And then also sometimes we get feedback of like, hey, when are you guys going to review an album that you actually like? (laughs) (laughs) Which is a perfect segue, Johnny, into talking about what we are here to talk about today. And that is Spoiler alert. (laughs) Well, is it or is it not? Uh, That is an album from 2008. It is Santa Gold's self-titled album, Santa Gold. Now, Johnny, you picked this one for the podcast. So I got to know. I got to fucking know. What is your relationship with this album? And why'd you pick it? Uh, so I heard, I don't, I don't remember the first time I heard this album, actually. Uh, I know that I have been listening to it since, since I lived in Florida. Like, you know, maybe not 2008, but 2010, 2011. Interesting. Um, okay. I've, I've been listening to this album and it, I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I enjoy it a lot. It's a, it's a very good album to me. I, I genuinely don't remember how I heard of it or her. And that was also, there wasn't like Spotify Discover Weekly or whatever. No, then. So I no. really don't know. Someone must have just sh- showed me one of her songs or something. Or maybe one was in like a commercial. I really have no idea. But I, I, uh, I loved it. I just simply loved it. Well, I for my part... I was familiar with Santa Gold. I think it was the the, the first song on this, which we will get to in a second. Mm-hmm. The um, Les Artistes. Uh, 
was one that I had heard, but I don't think I ever listened to this album. And and I was like vaguely familiar with that song, but it was again one of those things where I was like, I could not tell you where I heard it, if it was a commercial, if it was in a piece of, if it was in someone's car, like if maybe it was on the radio at that point, I would have been listening to the radio. Uh, but I, you know, beats me. Like, and I have not revisited this album ever. Like, like I said, I've never listened to it. So it's not like I've been, there was never a time in my life where I was like, oh, I'm a big Santa Gold fan. I'm going to go listen to all of uh, her music. It just, just has not happened for me. This also came out at a time in my life where uh, my friends and I would basically just go to the library, check out as many CDs as we could. Oh, wow. Go, go home, rip them all to our hard drives. I like, I still have hard drives floating around that have like tons of music um that that we you know we would just go to the library and and rip music is that is that illegal to say on this podcast i don't think so i think many many people did that now johnny i will say that when i when i was in high school i went to a very rich high school so i never went to the library to rip music because all of my friends had all of the cds and like <laughs> all of the movies and and basically anytime that i wanted one of those things i would just get it from one of them which was great. I if you can if you can surround yourself with wealthy people, I absolutely advise it. It made growing up really great. I I, I loved I loved going to uh, rich kid high school. Oh, that must have been the dream. Yeah. Now we just had to take our our dirty scummy library cards and get all our scratch CDs from the public library. Well, Johnny, I think, uh, and, and I say this with love, it sucks to be you, because I was hanging out with the kind of people that would get um, uh, w- w- Hummers for their birthday. When they turned 16, they would crash those Hummers, maybe two weeks later, and then they would get their mom's Hummer that their mom would give them, mom gave them a Hummer, uh, and then their mom would go get a new Hummer. And that's the kind of people that I went to school with. So That's the dream. That's the dream. That's what, everybody had a pool. Everybody had a pool. I bet they were in the ground too. Not none of that above ground shit. Oh, in the ground gated communities. We're talking the works. It was a sleepover's dream. Ugh. No, let's get yeah, out we... at your house this weekend. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> it was all it was all above ground pools and and dirty trampolines for me. I'll be honest, Johnny. It was a lot of manga and pop punk, and Santa Gold was not on the menu at that time. Um, so, so I, yeah, and and that would that would also uh, two thousand eight would have been after high school anyway. Um, but but yeah, it just it just completely slipped my radar. It completely slipped, and I and I and I never picked it up. So I was I was very shocked when you uh, suggested it because I was like, oh yeah, I I know that one song, but I don't know this album. And I gave the album a listen. And I had a lot of thoughts about this album. Just a lot of thoughts about this album. And Johnny, I can't wait to share it with you. Me neither. And uh, next week, I will be eagerly awaiting to hear. Uh, we'll see everybody mm-hmm. next okay. week. And uh, so we have for the, the remainder of the podcast, we're just going to read more emails. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, and they're not not to the podcast. I'm just going to work through some of like my emails that I have in my inbox. I um, did, Johnny. I did send this to you right before we started recording, but we did get an email like maybe 15 minutes before we started recording. And I won't dox the person who sent it, but it tr- it truly just says, "Hey there." budspod.com is currently looking for a new owner just shoot us an email back and we'll send you more info in any case i wish you a nice day they wish us a nice day and we could buy budspod.com if we wanted johnny it wouldn't be good for us but we could buy it we should you know that that reminds me i have another podcast this isn't a plug you don't have to listen called dilettante ball but you should listen 
uh, and years and years and years ago, we bought Diltumpall.com. And then we forgot to keep buying it. <laughs> um, so it like lapsed. Sure. And then I was like, oh, fuck. And I tried to buy it back. But it, it was that thing where like when, an e- when a website lapses, some fucking person or company will buy it and then try and sell it. So it yep. was we could have bought it back, but it was like thousands of dollars. That's so funny. For a podcast that no one listens to. Good good on whoever bought dilettanteball.com uh, hoping for a big payday because it never came. And jokes on them because we just waited them out until it was back back free in the wild and got it for <laughs> 11 bucks a year. Oh, we just had God. to wait like five or six years and it came back. You, you know said, what? If, if you love something, mm-hmm. you set it free. I've always said dilettante ball is the long game of podcasts. You guys are really in it for the long haul and I and I, and I love you for it. We, we are. We were really just trying to keep it going until we could get that website back. And now that we have it, um, it's time to retire. Now, Johnny, before we get into this album, a couple of stats uh, that we need to be aware of. The album version that we're listening to right now on Spotify has 12 tracks on it. It's clocking in uh, just over 40 minutes, I believe. Yeah. 41.19. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, respectable for 12 tracks. It debuted in 2008. It charted on the Billboard Top 100, uh, peak position number 74, spent 15 weeks on the chart, uh, but also was kind of a critical, uh, had much critical acclaim. It was like a 77 on Metacritic. It was on a, a bunch of people's like best albums of twenty uh, of 2008 list. So uh, a lot of critical acclaim and a little bit of, of chart success as well. Yeah, and one other thing to note, um, the original spelling of the name and the artist's name is... It has an O, S-A-N-T-O-G-O-L-D. Yeah. Uh, so some, you know, it, it might be kind of, you might see it spelled that way in some places. Um, I guess there there was some weird legal stuff, so she wound up just having to change it, which is, you know, whatever. I think originally she also went by Santo, Santo Gold. I actually don't know if that, if they, it was maybe pronounced the same way, but spelled mm. or whatever, but she went by that originally. And it is weird because if you look, you can find the album art of Santa Gold with it spelled with an I and with an O. And it's one of those like Berenstein, 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 Bear Mandela <laughs> effect things because like you can see it both ways and you're like, was it this or was it that? Because the the album artwork is exactly the same except the I and the O and the same font are, are just changed. It, it is very weird. Uh, she also, the record company that she was with that she hated when this album was being made, she actually left that label before the album even came out too. So hmm. that could be a cause of that like legal weirdness. And then she moved to a different record label. Um, but Johnny, let's get into this album. We got to talk about it. Uh, this is the tr- track one. We've previously mentioned off of this album. This is L.E.S. Uh, Les Artistes.
All right, Johnny. So that's a little bit of Les Artistes. What do you think? What are your uh, What are your thoughts on the tr- on track one? I think this is maybe the one of the more popular songs. I want to say. I think so too. Yeah. It, you know, this is one of those albums where, like, looking at the Spotify plays is really interesting because there's a pretty, if I remember correctly, there was like a pretty steep drop off between like the singles and the non singles. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I love this song. I think it's a really great like intro track it's not the most like there are there are tracks on here that are more energetic but i think for like an an intro to say like this is kind of santa gold's deal this is a good track to like if you like this you'll probably like more stuff on the album if you don't you won't um i really like this is a good like putting this on like walking around a city song like it it feels very like you are in a city um which makes sense based on like the the subject matter of the song yeah i mean i i would say that i totally agree with you like this is a great introduction to what the rest of the album is going to be i think that this album is just so it's just like a vibes forward album it it the i would describe this album as like vibes forward lyric backward like you not not backward but like lyric light like ly- the lyrics are not necessarily super important but like the general vibe check is 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 very very strong with this album yeah that was something cuz like i said i've been listening to this album for over a decade at this point i never really paid that much attention to the lyrics which is pretty common for me like yeah yeah that's true me i just too. kind of like you know zone out and listen to the music and i like it or i don't mm-hmm. and two things that i were really surprising like actually looking at the lyrics is like and this song is one of the more um of all the songs on the album i think this is the one where the lyrics are like sort of the easiest to follow um and kind of make the most sense there's another one a little later too that i think is maybe more uh Mm. spot on but i I would agree with you but there there are way more like words in every song than i realized and they are way more i'll say abstract than i realized Uh, like the and you know this song is all about like you know she it's she wrote it like after she moved from Pennsylvania like Philadelphia to to New York yep and it's about like artists in New York and there's the, where well, there's this one line that's great um what am I here for I left my home to disappear is all um she she definitely seems like an artist and i think that she would probably consider herself more of an artist than a musician if that makes sense johnny i mean yeah the i i pulled this quote uh from her from an interview that i found because i thought it was such an interesting quote but she says i don't even call myself a musician really i'm an artist because i like (laughs) because i like doing everything else just as much wow uh and if you watch her videos which we'll talk about in a second um, I totally agree. It, it seems like artist is is be, is the better way to refer to her instead of a musician. Yeah. Uh, what I wrote about down about this song, Johnny, is this song sounds like a lot of things. Like she she uh, and again, I I read that this was very intentional. She wanted to do kind of like a post genre album or an album that is like blends a lot of different genres together. And I feel like there's a lot going on even in this song that kind of sets you up for what's going to happen in the album because it's very refreshing. There's maybe like a punk vibe, but she's got like a lounge singer-y voice. And 
And I, it, I, I don't know how to say like what what vocal range she's in, but I think it's like a higher vocal range, um, which I really enjoyed. There's like some some reggae elements in this song too. There's they, they, that comes in like a little stronger in other songs as well. But th- there's just so so much going on, and I I really 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 enjoyed that kind of refreshing blend of styles. Yeah, the this whole album is is pretty like genreless. I would say. Yeah. Um. And and I know I think maybe the last episode we did on the main feed was Olivia Rodrigo, um, mm-hmm. or aside from the songs of the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the one that's canonically an album. And that the it feels like they were both maybe trying to do a similar thing, but the way that Sandigold d- did it resonates more with me. Whereas like Olivia Rodrigo was kind of jumping from genre to genre, whereas this feels like Sandigold just said. It's maybe combining more elements in each individual song so that the album as a whole feels more cohesive, even though it's maybe taking influence from like even more styles. Yeah, the Olivia Rodrigo felt like sampling genres, and this feels kind of like blending genres, and it's I think it's a very different thing. But yeah, I I totally I get where you're coming from as well. Um, yeah, and the other thing that I'll say about this song, it's about moving to New York. And it's about kind of how New York sucks and like the bad parts about New York. And I love this so much more than the songs that are about how like I compare it to that Taylor Swift Welcome to New York about like how New York is great and hopeful because Santa Gold hates hipsters. And she mentions it several times in in these tracks. And I and I love it. And the song is called LES Artistes because it means Lower East Side Artists. And it's kind of about like she considers herself an artist, but it's kind of also about all these like hipster like nothing like kind of cultural vampires that are like there but they're not actually making art they're just there to like be in the scene yeah. and stuff like that I, I, and, and and then she's kind of driving home at those like les artists and and i love that this was also like peak time for for hipsters like hips i feel like hipsters aren't oh, yeah. really a thing anymore and at this this time it was like hipsters were a thing yep and and it was it also feels like a big time for like which it always has been but it feels like it was like a big time for songs about new york yeah um we there was like uh empire state of mind Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. a bunch of songs on here 212 by uh azalea banks like those all came out right around the same time that are very about a very different kind of New York than maybe Taylor Swift. Although Empire State of Mind is more Taylor Swift than than this. Yeah, and, and I mean, to a certain extent, there will never not be songs about like New York and LA, right? Because that's just mm-hmm. like, there's going to be so many people there that are yeah. there writing songs and all that. But yeah, I mean, uh, Johnny, let's talk about the video. Did you watch the video for this one? This video is a trip, man. This is uh, the one oh. where I was like, she's definitely more of an artist because this is straight up performance art. It's it's wild. One one thing that I will say, the song on the album ends in a fade out, which is devastating. Yep, I was going to say this as well. The song in the video does not. And it's and a great it's, ending. It's a great it's like, like final definitive ending. Santa Gold, it was here. It was here. Yeah, a very weird choice. I don't know. Yeah, this video is a trip though. She's like on a horse with two backup dancers who aren't really dancing. They're just kind of nope. doing movements it's got almost like spooky wes anderson vibes or something 
I mean, Johnny, I, I wrote that this is this is like if your college friend invited you to their like performance art <laughs> venue and there's like six people in the audience and it's, th- th- this feels like straight up like graduate level performance art and in not in a bad way i love it it's great but like th- this is a, a super violent video with like no actual violence in it and no yeah. blood but like lots of peppers halfway through it like makes this switch the first half of the video she's on a horse with these backup dancers yeah and then it's like it is a bunch of gore but it's gore made with like food strawberries and peppers as entrails and yeah but not how you would like i've used like raspberries and stuff to make like sure realistic looking gore but this is like literally a bunch of peppers tied in a string to look like intestines it's wild i i think that you kind of have to watch this video uh because it by the way i don't think i've seen a video that was so discordant from the idea of what i thought the song was that i was like lost i was mystified it's it's so funny because it's like the video almost feels like what the song is like making fun of. Yeah, kind of. yeah, a little bit. Although I think that the song is making fun of more the type of people like the hipsters that don't actually do anything and they're not actual mm-hmm. artists. And this is like the performance art is art. And these people are like making art, making a statement. So I feel like it's maybe less making fun of that type of art, but uh, I could be completely wrong. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, all right, Johnny, we've talked a lot about uh, LES artists. I think that's how you say it. Les artists. It doesn't matter. Let's talk about track two, You'll Find a Way. All right. Well, that's a little bit of you'll find a way, Johnny. I, I I thought I think we should mention that we've said this before that the new genius um, website sucks. It's where we go Unusable. to look for lyrics. It's so bad. Um, but I want to give a shout out for, on this episode to contributor Natch twenty four because someone has just has all the lyrics and block text on Genius. It's awful. But Natch twenty four five months ago went and broke down all the songs in the comments, and so. Uh, good, good on you, Natch. It's way easier to read this when it's separated by like v- verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus. Holy shit! I didn't even see that. That because these lyrics are a fucking nightmare. Natch twenty four, get those, get those into the into the official lyrics. I don't know if Natch twenty four can because I think they're just a contributor. But I think that you do it, you contribute it in the comments, and then someone has to go put it. Anyway, if you're listening and you work for Genius, do some Santa Gold. Um, clean up here because Natch is, is on it and y'all are just fucking in the dust. Seriously. Part part of me when I saw the lyrics in a big block, I was like, maybe that's that that almost feels like something that it maybe in the liner notes for this album, Santa Gold would have had them in a big block. And it's yeah. like this is how she wants you to read them. Um Johnny, this song is also really great. I I love the O's and the O oh no's, like the way that she sings the oh oh no um in in the verses. Uh, that that's that's very fun. Th- this uh, this song has just 
completely different vibes, I feel like, than um, than the, the previous track. And this is the first one that I was like, I, but as backstory, when I was listening to this, I just listened to the album before I did any research. Mm-hmm. Later, when I went back and did research, I realized that in Philadelphia, she was in a punk band that put out two albums. She was the lead singer of a punk band that put out two albums before this album, before this kind of like more poppy turn. And I was like, oh shit, yeah, that makes sense. This kind of has like a, well, what I what I said, and I kept coming back to it over and over, and I was happy that I found that this was one of her influence uh, influences, uh, were the Pixies. This kind of sounds like the Pixies, and there's a song later in the album that I'm like, I'm convinced it's just a Pixie song. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, it's very interesting. Yeah, this has very like punk uh, ska vibes sometimes. Ska, yeah, um, this song just makes me want to fucking skateboard. Like that's what I feel when I hear this song, and I don't skateboard, so it's rough for me. It's rough. Yeah. Uh, this is this this is one I'm not a hundred percent sure what the whole thing is about, but I do love the, I love the chorus. Um, I love the. Uh, the line don't don't reach too far you will fall over don't be surprised what you discover i think that's so cool i i went back and forth on the lyrics not just with this song but on the whole album because a lot of the times there are some lines that feel very purposeful and then there are some lines where i'm like it kind of feels improvised like it kind of feels like maybe just like a free flowing mm. thought i i don't know but i couldn't tell like and I, I, I read these lyrics a lot because you can't, it's, it, I think it's harder to hear the individual words on the song sometimes. Cause, cause that's what I'm saying, because there's so many, so many more than I realized. And, and, it's, and it's also like the way that the song is mixed and produced that I feel like some songs, the lyrics are very present and some songs, the lyrics are like kind of behind mm-hmm. the music in a, in a way. But I, I couldn't tell if this was like, was making statements that went over my head or it was just making kind of like general, you know, generalizations of like, kind of like counterculture, rebellion, that type of stuff that was like, oh, this is just meant to be kind of anomalous rebellion. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, same. I have no idea that that one line in particular feels like something that like like a weird like a grandma or grandpa phrase like oh don't reach too far you're gonna fall over there you know like but other than that i i basically got i got nothing yeah i i liked it and it it wasn't one of those things where i'm like nope the lyrics ruin it for me um because it, it felt like they weren't important and then when i was reading them i'm like am i projecting importance onto them by trying to go too deep into them i don't know i I, I was I, fine. My my favorite listen when I was listening to this album was when I was not listening for the lyrics. And I was like, just letting them wash over me. I think, too, that that maybe plays into her as an artist and not a musician. Because I, I, I think with uh, a lot of other art, particularly like visual art, uh-huh. it's a lot more open to interpretation than we allow music to be yep. a lot of times. Yep. So I feel like this might be kind of her being like... Th- these mean something to me. You can find your own meaning in them, or maybe maybe I'm projecting that onto her, and she really did just like, well, oh, this sounds cool, and threw it in there. Could be. Um, let's listen to track three. This is "Shove It" featuring Spank Rock. Entirely, totally, 
that's the chorus. It repeats uh, a couple more times. But that's Shove It, featuring Spank Rock. Johnny, I'll go ahead and say it. Favorite Spank Rock song I've ever heard. Not familiar with him. Not familiar with him. We did just hear the clip that you played was Spank Rock's uh, uh, verse, which is nowhere on Genius. They just did not put the lyrics for Spank Rock's verse on Genius, which is very funny. How does Genius work? Like, I, what I, I don't is... know. I think it is users. I think users do it. Um, I don't think there's like a person who works for Genius that has to like listen to an album and write down all the lyrics for it. I, I don't think. When his verse was missing, I was like, is there a version of this song that doesn't have him? And as far as I could tell, there isn't. No, I don't think so. I think it's genius just being jank for this. Hmm. Now, Johnny, the question that I had as soon as I listened to this song was, the song came out in 2008, and the chorus is, we think you're a joke, shove your hope where it don't shine. It is so funny, because I read her comments about this. Uh That never even occurred to me even a little bit in all of the time that I've been listening to this album until I read that. It was the first thing that I thought of because it was also like one of the only lyrics that I like picked up on immediately when I was listening to the song. And I'm like, this is 2008. This is aimed at Obama. Apparently not. Apparently not. No. Apparently it's aimed at Bush. Yeah. Which is, which is also very funny. She was like, she was like, no, it's not about Obama. It was written before that like campaign even came out. And it was aimed at like all of the people who think that they have, you know, prescriptions for your problems, but it's just empty platitudes. Now, as it turns out, (laughs) I I voted for Obama in 2008. We're all pretty swept up in it at that time. I was excited to vote. Uh, It was my first presidential election. Now, you know, in hindsight, you could you could really you could really apply this uh, you know song to Obama. Did did a lot of stuff that I don't necessarily think was great, but at the time she was like, "No, I support Obama." Because who who in two thousand eight was like, "Yeah, I don't support Obama." I'll well, tell you I'll tell you who in, was. I, I lived in Indiana, so there were some people who who did not. But in 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 the primary, show, showing my hand a little bit here, I was a Gravel guy. May may that weirdo rest in peace. R.I.P. to a real one. I think he lived into his nineties. Uh, yeah, he, yeah. He turned into a bit of a kook, uh, and he was really he was really into like UFO conspiracy theory stuff yeah. by the end. Um, but he was, hey, he back was, in he was down with uh, not down with, but it was like uh, literally down with imperialism. So I, you know, you got to give you got to give him points for that. He went out sticking to his guns on that, which is which is great, but. You know, he never had to be president. So it's easy yeah. to say uh, no imperialism, please, until you're uh, president of imperialist number one country. <laughs> we, my, a friend and I went to see him speak That's at a, cool. a college, um, just like the college in the town where we grew up. And it was like us and 12 people. There was nobody there. And we made shirts and we like met him. And it was like, it was like the best. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's our review of Shove It. Um, <laughs> uh, I like this song. It's you know, it's, it's it's the first song that has like a rapper in it as well. It's it's to me, it's a very fun song. It, and another one where the lyrics completely like washed over me, though washed yeah. over me. Yeah, this, and this is another one where she talks about New York, Brooklyn. We go hard. Uh, you know, she mentions it anyway. Uh-huh. This has some horns in it too, which kind of helps with mm-hmm. the whole like ska ish vibes, ska punk stuff that's got she's got going on. Yeah, uh, the, and again, like you said, the lyrics just kind of wash over you, and that's fine because it's it's a good time. It's a good one. I like this song. It, it, it's like I said, it, this every track on this album is a vibes 
track. And this track is like, it's very laid back. It's very cool. It's it's kind of like, maybe it's just the way that the lyrics are kind of like sung, but it feels like very sleepy at times too. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the songs are like kind of upbeat, but still like chill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of chill to this album. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's talk about track four. This is Say Aha. I love this. I love that you and your timestamp included this outro. Because it's just got this fucking like r- guitar riff outro. It's so it's so fun. Um, this, that, yeah, that outro feels like it could be the Aquabats or something. Yeah, like. yeah. I mean, th- this song is like, it's very punk rock to me. Like it's it's so, it's it's like, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of like what kind of punk rock it is though. Because it's kind of, it doesn't really feel like a... It's almost ska. You know, I feel like ska is like punk rock, like slow, like a little more laid back punk rock, you know? This this feels like um like Operation Ivy a little bit sometimes too. Like it doesn't feel like a like hard go fast punk rock. It have you ever heard the band Chick Chick Chick? No. The uh this song reminds me a lot of them. It's like kind of dance dancey like mm-hmm. not not so go fast like like you said it's like a little slower and a little like dancier less yeah. skanking more just like dancing and again this is another one with some general anti-establishment vibes nothing super specific but kind of like authority is bad you know like i that's yeah i i get that yeah and, and you know the the non non-specificity of it makes it nice because you can just keep on using it no matter who you are where you are when you are Johnny, what do you think about this album so far? Do you think it feels like dated? Do you think it feels like rooted in 2008? That is such a difficult question for me because I've been listening to it since then. Sure, yeah. Um I do think a lot of a lot of stuff does sort of feel of its time. Like we talked about the mm-hmm. hipsters and and um this specific like I I don't know how to how to like what the unifying thing is, but it's like this two one two by Iggy Azalea, um, American Boy. Yeah, they all are kind of the same, uh, completely different, but same like vibes to me, which was of that time. Got it. Well, because because I was thinking, oh, I think that this is like it, it feels very two thousand eight. But the more I was listening to it, I was like, a lot of the things that it's drawing on feels like older punk reggae like it feels older than 2008 but in a way i feel like it works and makes it sound a little like more timeless because Mm -hmm. it's such an amalgamation where it's not like rooted in a spot because sometimes we'll listen to an album from like the 2000s and i'm like oh this is exactly a moment in time this one didn't really feel like that to me yeah this is this is not like a um this is not a pink 
yeah, exactly. misunderstood. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this this song did have really cool, really fun instrumentation. I thought. Yeah, um, I, I would agree with that as well. And so yeah. far, they 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 sound you know they're in a, going in a similar direction, but these first four songs have sounded pretty different. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, okay, Johnny, let's talk about Creator um, versus Switch and Freak Nasty. Uh, yeah, okay, I don't know what uh, that that's what the song is. Let's let's listen to a little. All right, so that part that we just listened to, th- this was the first one on the album too. That the the instrumentation and like all the sound effects kind of lost me a little bit. I was like, not maybe not mm-hmm. as into that that part that we just listened to was just like one tone going eh, over everything that she was saying, and I was like, what is? I, I get it, but it's it didn't. And there was like spaceship noises and stuff in here too, which I, I was not as into. Oh, well, perhaps that was the the machinations of Switch and or Freak Nasty. I. It could have been. I mean, this was versus them, so it seems like a. It seems like they are really battling for Santa Gold's attention here. Um, yeah, I don't know. This this one was okay. I, I really liked what this song was about, like about being a creator, which again goes towards you know her whole thing about being an artist instead of just a musician. Uh, but it, it wasn't my favorite on the album. I I really like this one. Um, uh, this was another one that is pretty clear to understand what the song is about. Um, it it starts with I, I I found that the uh like singing that she does in the beginning is called sing jaying and it's like a Jamaican reggae um oh interesting style of singing and then I looked up some videos of like some other people doing it and it's it's really cool not that she doesn't do it well but I just wanted to like hear more examples of it got it really cool the 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 sick part of my brain um that is diseased by years of of being in Chicago kept thinking about improv in all of these lyrics. And I was like, this is (laughs) like this, all of these lyrics could be something that like a level one student is, is saying, you know, where they're like so excited to be like improvising. And it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't even matter if it's funny. Like we're just here to create and make art. Me, I'm a creator. Thrill is to make it up. The rules I break got me a place up on the radar. Maybe that's where the impetus in my mind of thinking that this felt like improvised at times was like, oh, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I don't freestyle much, but I write them as such. Like, that, you know, you, you freestyle into just being like, this is what the song is now. And not a lot of like second, you know, uh, uh, edits or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what the process is. Johnny. Um, oh, yeah. please. Oh, that's all. I was just gonna say. I I actually love like the crazy synth and and the weird stuff that it does towards the end. But little little too much for me. I I will say, Johnny. That's fair. Did you watch the unofficial like video that I kind of stumbled across after you sent it to me? Yeah, because as far as I could tell on her YouTube, the only video was for for Les Artistes. I, I read that this was not an official video, but like she's in it, and it seems like a complete video. But it's and she's singing the words exactly. So. Uh, I also it's read weird. that it was shot, maybe, but not released. Like, 
they had like footage from it, but it just never. Ca- I don't. I don't know what the story is there. Again, we're, we don't do research on this show, so we don't know what the story is. But it is a weird video. Now, th- this one she's got a little more movement than the last one, but she does do a lot of like deadpan singing, not a lot of like dancing. It looked like a couple of the backup dancers were the same ones from the other video yeah. too. In, in in all of her videos, I want to say are like low budget and weird, but like. Not low budget in a bad way. Low budget as in this is how much money we needed to accomplish the thing that we're accomplishing. Yeah. Um, which I, I love. I just love that. That that like that style was so cool. Yeah, that was that was like that was also sort of like peak DIY. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are a lot of like online sketch comedy like yeah. troops or whatever that I was very into then where like Cameras were just getting good enough and cheap enough that people could like make stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and then put it online. Um, and that this video, both of her videos, really felt very much like we we blew all our money on getting a camera. Let's make a video. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it, like I felt, it's a, it felt like a college performance art, you know, thing. And the end of this video is wild too because it it kind of took a turn that I really didn't see coming. Where it's like they're just all drinking like Kool-Aid and some sort of cult thing where they're like worshiping Santa gold. And it's, it was, it was like weird. It was so weird. I loved it. And throughout the video, everyone's holding up signs that say, we believe in Santa gold. Yeah. It's it's very bizarre. This one's bizarre. Uh, Johnny, let's talk about track six. This is um, my Superman. You may know this as the Scrubs soundtrack. Uh, (laughs) Of course it is not. No, it's a cover of the Goldfinger song. (laughs) So this is kind of the first like slow song on the mm-hmm. album. Man, I loved this one. It's like she she's got big lounge singer vibes on this one. The bass is like slow and kind of plodding and uh, methodical. Um, the, the the like the drum kit on this one is so cool, and it's like all, all the drums in this album are like electronic too. Uh, mm-hmm. But man, yeah, I was really wondering what a slow song was gonna be on this album, and when this came up, I was like, oh, I'm into it. I'm so into it. It's really like spooky too. It's like yeah. a haunted lounge. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's this this is one of my favorites on the album, but not my favorite. But um yeah, I just I love that like slow like uh, haunting sound in this song. Again, we we have not hit my favorite either, Johnny. I there were several times I'm like this has to be my favorite, but it, it uh, not saying that this song has to be my favorite, but I would find a favorite and then yeah. later change it, but we have not hit my favorite yet either. Ooh, I wonder if we have the same one. It's possible. I I it's possible. This is another one where it's like the lyrics feel important, but also oh, I can't really make like that much heads or tails out of them. Yeah, same. I mean, this this could be the kind of thing where it is very vague and and that's it. Or it feels like it could also be a very personal song about a very specific person that none of us have ever met. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Well, you're a liar and your cues are all wrong, but I can't count all the ways you woo me. I watch you capture what I can't hold. Now make it make some sense to me. And I'm like, when she said make it make some sense to me, I'm like, yes, make it make some sense to me. I don't get it. Uh, but again, I don't care because I, th- I think this song is fucking great. Yeah, it's same. This uh, vibes only on this album, and that's that's fine. Full on vibes album. Uh, let's talk about uh, vibes out. This is track seven, lights out. All right, that's a little bit of Lights Out. Johnny, what are your thoughts here? It's my favorite song on the album. It's my favorite song on the album as well, Johnny. And and I want to ask you, are you a Pixies fan? No, I don't think I've ever heard a Pixies song. Oh, my God. Okay, so there's there's three songs on this album where I was like, when I first listened, I was like, this just sounds like a Pixies song. And this one is one of them where I'm like, I I, had, I looked it up. I was like, Did, "This isn't like a cover, is it?" And, it, and of course, it's not. And I and I don't think it's meant to be. Uh, but like stylistically, it sounds very similar. But God, man, I just loved everything going on in this song. I guess I should listen to the Pixies. I think I think you might like some of their songs. Um, yeah, I I love this song. I love the like the the how the guitar is just kind of like walking the whole yep. time. Yep. Um. I love, I don't know what it is, but one of my favorite words to hear sung in music is the word darling. And I think she does a great job singing it in this song. Oh, I 100% agree. I think that that darling is like, it's so, it feels, like I said, it feels like different. It feels like stylist, a stylistic choice. And it, it is it is powerful when she says darling in this song. I, I don't know what this song is about. Is it about a, some sort of shooting? I don't know. That was also something that was happening around the time. Pumped Up Kicks, uh, songs about it. Um, it's always been happening, of course, uh, in our beautiful country. But songs about it, like Pumped Up Kicks, were like out around this time. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's always happening. Uh, it's tough for me to say because it is always happening. Um, the song's also called Lights Out too so it's like that lights out can be like dying as well right yeah or what you're supposed to do um when and an armed assailant comes to your school you turn off all the lights and you lock the doors that's what we learned <sighs> yeah I, I i don't know I, I i there's so many things on this that i just couldn't kind of really make heads or tails of i did look I it up by the way johnny and uh the pixies do have a song where they say darling in it as well so okay hello uh, hello um but i don't know i don't I, it, again it was just like it's such a we- it's such an interesting word it's like a weird choice there yeah yeah it, and i don't know i don't know why i like hearing it so much because i don't say it um no it's a it's something that should be sung it sounds like a dolly parton word yeah oh, especially a darling yeah exactly um, <laughs> a southern word i guess is where i'm going with that one of my favorite Beatles songs is Oh Darling. Oh, Love yeah. that song. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, um, Lights Out, number one with the bullet for me. I mean, th- there was another one that was pretty close, but also because I really dug the sound of it. But but Lights Out, I think I think takes it home for me. Yeah, this song is so good. Sometimes um, I'll like... I really like to listen to full albums. Like I don't often just pick one song unless it's like a full curated playlist. Sure. Um, and sometimes I'll listen to this album just to get to this song. And I guess we should also say that this is, we're in like the back half. So to have track seven be, I, I think a song like lights out, I think is pretty impressive because we, yeah. we're, we're already like, you know, most of the way through the album. Um, speaking of, let's talk about this. Let's talk about track eight. This is starstruck. I mean, this one, this one slaps me in my little boy ass. It's, (laughs) it's very good. It's a, this is a very, very good track. I I love the beeps and boops in this. I love that. I love the beeps and boops too. And they did not bother me at all. Whereas the ones in creator kind of did. Well, because this song, the chorus especially sounds like it's being sung by a robot as Mm -hmm. it's being powered down. Mm -hmm. And I think that the beeps and boops are like, you know, it just sounds like it's coming from the robot instead of you know, versus the robot. A lot of the instrumentation of the song feels muted. The bass feels like far away or like underwater. She says like sleepy and dreary and dreamy in in this song as well. It's definitely like it's slower tempo. That's the mood that she's going for. I think it's executed very, very well. Yeah. Um, And again, no clue what it's about, but I fucking love it. I love the vibes. Yeah. No clue what it's about for me either. And I'm, I was also a little bit like the the calling it starstruck. I was like, why? It, 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 I didn't. Th- this song did not sound like what I was expecting a song called starstruck to sound like. Yeah, I don't know, but I loved it. I I truly did love it. It's so good. It's so good. I feel I feel bad almost not really having any comments about the lyrics. But they're just inscrutable. I, I mean, I tried, man. I, I, I dwelled on a lot of these songs and their lyrics for a while. But then I thought, I don't think that that's the point. I don't think I'm doing what was supposed to be done with these. And, and they're not bad is the other thing. They, they, they sound like she sounds great singing them. And so I was like, I'm not going to give them points against it because I'm not like totally getting it because it feels like it's abstract on purpose. Yes, exactly. Whereas I think on the Patreon when we did um, uh, Hop Along, like Get Disowned, I was like, oh, no, these lyrics mean something. And and the, if I sit with them long enough, I will figure it out and, and feel rewarded for it. I did not get the same sense with these. Yeah, I I was reminded a lot of like my experience with Hop Along as well. It was It was also just strange because I am so familiar with this album, but never like thought too much about it i just was like oh i love this album um so it was it was kind of weird um 
the, my experience with this album was like a cross between my experience with Hopalong and my experience with Wolf Mother. <laughs> yeah. I, I get that. And if you're a patron, you get it too. Uh, Johnny, let's talk about track nine. This is Unstoppable. She don't like hipsters. I love it. Okay. I gotta say it. That sound effect right there, that oh, like that, it sounds like a plastic bubble being popped. Hated it. <laughs> It's at the end of every other line in the chorus. I don't care for it. I did not like listening to it. It kind of ends like it, that That sound effect is being thrown down a hallway yeah. as well. And I, I think I liked this song. I just think I could have not heard that sound and my brain would have been so much hmm. better. And I really only heard it when I was listening to my big like over-the-ear music-enjoying headphones. And that's where I was like, ooh, too much for me. I never noticed that before. I mean, I noticed it, but it never. I guess it never bothered me. Yeah, when I was listening with my like AirPods, didn't bother me at all. But as soon as I switched to my like big headphones, I was like, "Oh no, no, thank you, no, thank you." I I love this song too. I love a lot of the like the way that she phrases the lines in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, in the in the pre-chorus, the first pre-chorus, she says, "Hey, Mister Parker, can I get your spot?" I don't know. I just love the way that that she like phrases stuff. I also. The line got my street vision on. I don't see shit. That feels like a very um, I get what she's saying. Uh-huh, very like uh-huh. if you're especially like, I don't know, when we would come home late from shows or whatever on on a train. It's just like just looking ahead. Not yeah. going to like you put your fuck you face on where you're just yeah. like, just mean walk. I, I remember someone stopped me once because they recognized me like a friend, not like just like a person, like a friend recognized me and they were like, are you OK? And I was like. Oh yeah, this is. I just have to walk like this because it's Chicago. Like you, <laughs> you have to look like you're pissed off so that no one will bother you or stop you. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 life on these streets. Um, and then I love uh, uh, boy cross the street with tight pants on. Move your hipster ass down to the beacon. I fly right past him. Don't take my mask off. Uh, again, that like fuck you face. But yeah, she she don't like the hipsters, and I'm okay with it. So funny. Such a that that is the most or, or the least timeless thing about this album is how much she talks about hipsters. <laughs> um, okay, Johnny, uh, let's talk about uh, track 10, I'm a Lady, uh, featuring Trouble Andrew. I'm not convinced that this isn't a Pixies bass line. I just can't think of the song that it's from.
There's that trouble, Andrew. He's nothing but trouble. Again, kind of, kind of pixie-esque. Um, now Johnny's going to have to listen to some pixies. Okay, Johnny, what did we think about I'm a Lady? I like this song. I, I again, just love vibing to this. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's a good one. This was another one that I was like, this one may be my favorite. It it, it kept switching off um, because, I, man, I, I fucking love this song. It's like a very chill song. It's very vibes. I also like how she's singing She's So Fine, like in the chorus, too, because it feels like it's kind of like about her. Like, mm-hmm. I love singing this song about, like about a woman that's you, you know, kind of that that to me feels like so many times you hear like love songs from a guy's perspective about a woman. But I love the a love like a song about a woman from a woman's perspective, you know, that that to yeah. me felt very, very fun. I love the way she says, I'm a lady. Yeah, I'm a lady. Uh, and she goes that's up so, on that. Yeah. Uh, that's so good. Now, Johnny, did you look into uh, who Trouble Andrew is? I didn't. Oh. This was like, weirdly, Trouble Andrew was like the one guy that I didn't look up. Yes, Johnny, I love this so much because I looked into this and I, I loved it. So Trouble Andrew's real name is Trevor Andrew. Trevor Andrew was a professional snowboarder who happened to be the fiance of one Miss uh, Santi White, who is Santa Gold. That's uh, her, her name is Santi White. He was a professional snowboarder who tore his ACL, irreparable, could never snowboard again. And she, when they were like either dating or engaged, and then she convinced him to like, you know, in this like career ending ACL accident where they're they're getting married, they're going to have their life. She was like, you need to write down all these things that you're doing and like be, do music. You need to make music. And he did. He had a band called Trouble Andrew. They put out an album, I think, in like 2009. Um, I don't know if they, they're still making music, but they're still married. And they... Uh, she like helped him through that time where he like tore his ACL, which is like a, it's a, he's a professional snowboarder. That was like a career pivotal shifting moment for him. And then he's on this song and this song fucking is good. And I don't know what, if Trouble Andrew's other music is good, but I just loved that fucking story. Like it, it felt like such a love story. I had no idea. That's so nice. I yeah. mean, not that he tore his ACL, obviously, but obviously like, that's a, t- a terrible tragedy for a professional snowboarder. Wow. Yeah. Good, good. I mean, what a great pivot and what great support to have during that. I it made me it made me like uh, be like, oh man, Santa Gold seems like maybe she's like, or Santi White, whatever. She, she seems like a cool person who is like just like a good-hearted person, maybe like. I, I hear someone doing something kind of like that and like helping someone through like a, a pivotal time like that. And I'm like, shit, like that, that takes a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, I mean, I assume they were probably both pretty young. She could have like, it could have been very easy to kind of cut and run, you yeah, know, I guess like, so. oh, this sure. is too much for me. They, they weren't married yet at the time, but you know, they're, they're still married and then knock on wood, we wish them uh, nothing but happiness. Uh, Johnny, let's talk about the last track on this album. This is, uh, well, it's not the last track because there is a remix, but let's talk about Anne.
Alright. That's a little bit of Anne, which is a song where I guess when I was listening to it, I never really looked at the uh, title of the song, and I was convinced that there would be a song on this album called Jesus Pieces, because in my mind, that's what this song is. Um, but this uh, this is, for the last track of the album, I was like, man, I think this song is good. I think that this song is like, also it's like catchy too, where I'm like, you're putting a catchy song as the last song on the album? Like, I got this one stuck in my head. I like how the, even the like, uh, ooh, that's catchy. Yeah. It's like, it is a little like slower, spookier. Um, but again, it's vibes all, all day. Like the album is consistent vibes. It is consistent vibes. And these are good vibes. I don't, I, I'm going to assume that Jesus pieces are communion wafers, but I, I uh, don't know. So, I, and I believe if, if my Kanye West serves me right, Jesus pieces are like gold, cha- like chains with crosses on them. I believe. Oh, that makes sense. Because uh, I know that there's a Kanye West song where he talks about um, going to Jacob to pick up his Jesus piece. And I was like, okay, so I, th- or maybe it's either way. I think, I think it is jewelry. I think. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. What if I was wrong and that he was just in that song talking about communion wafers? And I was like, that's it. You got it. You nailed it in one. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, good vibes. I no idea why it's called Anne. I mean, she says, like, my name is Anne. I have a plan or whatever. Sure. As a lyric. But I, I guess, but, she, you know, that, that's why it's called Anne. But I don't know why she says that. Is there a famous Anne in the Bible, perhaps, that hangs out with Jesus? Uh, I don't, Anne, I don't think so. I'm sure there's a Saint Anne. Gotta be a Saint Anne. I know that there's an Auntie Anne's. Ooh, maybe it is about... And and big pretzels are very similar to communion wafers. And she's from Philadelphia and moved to New York. I don't know how that relates, but... Philadelphia feels like a pretzel city to me. Is Aunt Anne's from Philadelphia? I can yeah, see that. Yeah, I, I, think, I think Philadelphia feels like a pretzel city to me, but in, in, they have like a different type of pretzel. It's not like a big soft pretzel. I think that there Dude. is like a Philadelphia pretzel. I mean, would you care to know where Auntie Anne's was founded? I, I want to say Philadelphia. It was Downington, which is in Pennsylvania. Okay. Wow. It's 33 miles west of Philadelphia. Hmm. And now, now their headquarters are in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So there you go. Go down to the Wawa, get some pretzels. Johnny, I googled it. Why is Philly known for pretzels? First commercial bakery in 1861. Um, pretzels were among the treats sold in Philadelphia in 1864 at the Great Central Fair. And the Philadelphia pretzels—they don't look like normal, like soft pretzels. They look like um, like a bunch of eights smushed together. Like they don't look like a like a bow tie, like a soft pretzel. I think would look like a Philly pretzel looks. It's like it's like a smushed version of it. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah. So it is a pretzel city. We. How did we start talking about this? <laughs> Jesus pieces. Okay. The, the pretzels of Christ. How we both. I don't feel like I ever learned that Philadelphia was pretzels. Wait, Bernstein bears or Bernstein bears? <laughs> Santo gold. Santo gold. I'm being Mandela effect. This whole episode feels like a fucking Mandela effect. And to add to the Mandela effect, Johnny, um, we, we don't really have to play it. But the it, the last track on this album is a remix of track two. Uh, it's a it's the You'll Find a Way uh, Switch and Sinden remix. What, what did you think of this remix? I So here's the thing. In general, 
I don't love when an artist just puts a, a remix of a song as the last track. I agree. Of, of, a, of a song that was already on the yeah. album. Um, especially because a lot of times I'll just listen to an album on repeat. So in this case, yeah. I would hear this song and then like two tracks later, I would hear it again. Um, that being said, I do fucking love the remix. I think it's a really cool, like spooky, like, yeah, uh, it's a very fun version of the song. I agree with both points. It's a good remix and and leave the remixes off. The only exceptions that I'll give is I think if you do a foreign language, like edition, like remix, I like to hear that. But in general, it's yeah, I, I, I could lose the remix and I'll be honest, it's a good remix, but I do like the original better, which is usually the case when I hear a remix. Um, what I like a lot is when a band will just release a remixes album. That That's fun. Now that's fun. Death From Above did that. They just had a, an album that was all a bunch of different people remixing the same like one or two songs. And it's fucking awesome. Uh, speaking of fucking awesome, Johnny, are you ready to give your opinions on this album? I think I am. Okay, well, you know, this is something that you picked, Johnny, so let's hear it from you first. What is your recommendation? Should people listen to this album, Santa Gold, Santa Gold from 2008, and where would you put it on your Billboard's top 100? I think you should definitely listen to this album. I I fucking love it. I've been listening to it for over a decade. It's great. Don't think too hard about the lyrics. Just fucking vibe. It's vibes only. It's good vibes only. It's going to be 87 for me on my top 100. And it feels like it's been so long since I've put an album on my on my top. Wow, that is interesting. Johnny, can you talk to me a little bit about why we are going at 87 on your top 100? I know I love this album. I know it's got to be on my top 100. Oh, I'm so sorry, Johnny. I know. I, I, I think maybe I asked the wrong question. Can you tell me why you're putting it on 87 when you already have something at 87? That's what I was, that's what I was gonna ask. Because <laughs> I only know three numbers. You only know three numbers. See, here's the thing. I psych myself out and I'm like, this is a weird number. I know I haven't picked this one yet. It is amazing to me that you've done this like four times. Uh so it it, it can't be at number 87, Johnny. I think that we both know that it can't be at number 87. <laughs> oh would you God. like to pick a different number where this would go? I can't remember how this works. Do I tell you what you already I have think, at 87? I think you tell me what's there, and I have to decide if it's if it should stay at 87 or go above or below. Or I will tell you, Johnny. At 87, you currently have, because you'll forget, you have Miley Cyrus's Plastic Hearts. Does it go above Plastic Hearts or below Plastic Hearts? And by, uh, well, you know what I mean. Let's make Santa Gold 86. Okay, Johnny, we're going to run into a very similar problem because you already <laughs> have something... At 86, you have, again, a self-titled, you have Christina Aguilera's Christina Aguilera. So, do you want to put Santa Gold at 85? Okay, Santa Gold, Santa Gold is 85, (laughs) right right next to somebody else's self-titled album. That's pretty insane. (sighs) Fucking hell. This is so fucking funny to me. Uh, Okay, well, we'll go back to me because I definitely recommend that you listen to this album. I did not have the history that Johnny had with it. I only really had about a week to listen to this thing, and I fucking loved it. I think I'm going to keep listening to it. It's going on a rotation. Definitely I'm going to keep listening to the Pixies because I haven't listened to them in a while, and I really got uh, nostalgic for that music. 
I guess I have to listen to them too. <laughs> but I think this album is so fucking good. It's it, it like I said, it blends those genres really well. It's chill vibes all the way through. There's not a single skip on this album. I think that all of the songs are good in their own way. Uh, even the one with the weird uh, bubble sounds that I wasn't really into. Uh, just don't listen to that one with over the ear headphones. Just you know, maybe a little lower volume and you'll get past that. Johnny, I am putting this on my list at eighty one. Oh wow. No, you're not, my dude. (laughs) Damn it. I knew knew when I thought 81, I was like, that's got to be taken. It's got to already have been taken. Okay, dude. So I'll tell you. uh, 81 right now, you have the writings. Oh, Oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, No, I wasn't going to get it. I wasn't going to get it. I do have the writings on the wall. Writings on the wall by Destiny's Child is 81. Do you think this is? It'll go at 80 then. I'll have to put it at 80. I'm so sorry. You may not put it at 80. (laughs) We are the worst. We are the absolute worst. Here's what's really going to freak your bean. You want to know what's at 80? I think 80 is Christina Aguilera's Christina Aguilera. It is. I'm going to put it at 79. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's it's pretty obvious that we don't listen to our own podcast. (laughs) Well... It, what's really incredible is that we have 100 numbers to choose from. Mm-hmm. We each probably only have, I mean, 10, 15 albums max. So we're working with 75, 85 numbers. And Johnny, I got to tell you, you have a chunk of four, a chunk of three, and a chunk of two. Among the very limited albums that we have uh, put on our list. You have three right next to each other. Another three that are all within like five of each other. <laughs> and then... Five that are within like a chunk of 10. Oh my God. So <laughs> I love this show. It's a joy to do. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to listen to more episodes, patreon.com slash billbudspod. You can pay what you will. It only costs a buck. You get a couple extra episodes a month. Uh, and sometimes we reference them on this show. So if you're a completionist, you got to head over there. Uh, we do watch parties and movie parties and, uh, and listen parties in the Discord, which is very fun. Uh, Johnny, anything else that you want to add? <sighs> I don't think so, you know? Just have a good time. Have some good vibes. This is a very summery album to me. It truly is. Put it on, you know, summer summer out. Vibes up. If you're listening on the day it drops, you probably have the day off, so take the rest of this day and just listen to fucking Santa Gold by Santa Gold from 2008. Enjoy your freaking vibes. And we tip our hats to you and wish you a fond farewell. Tonight we're hanging with the boys. Yeah, we're going out. We're getting stupid. We go to make a lot of noise, turn the music loud. Hands up for them real ones, them good girls and them bill bus.